I think I can medal. Maybe bronze. All right, welcome to the More or Less Podcast. I'm your host, Chad. We're here with our other host, Jordan. Today on the podcast, we're going to go over our goats of the week as well as our darkos of the week. We're also going to talk some NBA trade deadline. And we're also going to talk about the upcoming, meaning the next week's NBA All-Star game and some of the festivities that go along with that. So uh, the celebrity game? All the above. Okay. I don't even know who's in the celebrity game. Kristen Grey's playing. Hey, maybe we'll mention, we'll talk about it in a little bit. Okay. All right, so first thing that we're going to get into is our dark, or not our darkos, our goats. Ooh, that was a total mess up on my part. So obviously, I'm a darko because I messed that up really bad. So uh, I'll let you go this first this week, Jordan, with the goats. Are you sure? Okay. I'm sure. You can go ahead. All right, cool. I've got five. Good Lord. <laughs> I try okay. to hold back as many as possible. One, Duke, North Carolina played last night. We're taping this on a Friday night. They played Thursday night. We didn't get to really watch it. We were at the Magic Hawks game, the battle of who's going to get the most ping pong balls. And uh, so far, Atlanta's going to get the most. And I'm pumped. You should be pumped because mm-hmm. you'll still lose to Orlando. Okay. That's the first thing that's this year. It always falls in our direction. I- anyways, um, so Duke, North Carolina played last night. I watched a little bit of the game on my way back from uh, Orlando. I watched even more when I got home. It's just always fun to watch Duke, North Carolina. It's always a good atmosphere. It's going to be even better March 3rd when they go to Cameron. But Duke, North Carolina is back. That's my goat. North Carolina ended up winning by six, which was kind of a surprise because Duke's got a loaded team this year. Right. And North um, Carolina's been playing terrible. Did you maybe think that Duke was like, you know what? We feel bad for North Carolina this year. No. We'll give it this year because next year we're literally going to beat them by 50. Doubtful, and North Carolina's got a way better recruiting. I mean, like not a way better recruiting class than Duke, but Come they've on. got a good recruiting class coming in. Come on, and they'll have more experience. Come on, I'm You're just not going to beat the number one, the number two, and the number five. It's one, two, and three. Oh my bad, one, two, and, and three, seven. That's even worse. We'll see. No, I mean it was it. Duke, North Carolina. First off, you said maybe we'll take it easy on this year. That's not how Duke, North Carolina works. Um, I would never have. watched, but I have watched. Oh. Okay. I don't really care. Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't understand. Because you're not involved. Okay. Okay. If it's on the level of Alabama-Auburn, no. That's a greater level than Alabama and Auburn. No. Yeah. No. Duke-North Carolina basketball? Is when was the last time a Duke or North Carolina fan poisoned a bunch of trees? Are you, are you kidding me? Like, every yeah. player walks away with bloody noses in every single game that they play. Fans are literally grabbing them from the stands. Other players. That's the it, Duke North Carolina is the, see, hands down the greatest see, rivalry. It's almost in like it's just like it just happens like during the game. It doesn't carry on very much outside of the game. I went to a Duke game two years ago. Congratulations. Three years ago. Okay, no, I went to a Duke game three years ago. They were playing Clemson. I was walking around in like the Duke um, practice facility, which is also where their team store is in. And I was wearing a North Carolina t-shirt underneath my jacket. And someone came up to me, a, a, a guy. He grabbed my arm and brought me in really close and said, son, you better take that shirt off or I'm going to take it off your back for you. Nice. And but I, that's how it should be. Exactly. I, it's To me, Duke North Carolina is the greatest rivalry in all of sports. It is hands down the best. Get out. It is. Get out. 
Nope. Anyways, <clears throat> next, uh, Jalen Adams staying with college basketball. He is a guard for St. Bonaventure. He had 44 points um, against, I believe they played St. Louis. He went 10 of 13 from the three-point line. That was his second 40-point game of the week. He's just a scoring machine. He's he's hitting the 30s all year this year. Um, he's gotten two 40-point games in the last seven days. So watch out for him when he comes into March because St. Bonaventure is definitely going to be in the March Madness tournament. So watch out for that guy. Um, LeBron James. We hate on LeBron a lot. How dare you? We hate, Okay, you're, you're really How getting on my you? nerves right now. You're hating on my goats. Okay, LeBron. Because what has happened to you, Jordan? LeBron. What has happened to you? Okay, LeBron, because he was the trade deadline GM, gotten rid of all of his players. We'll get to that later. But on Wednesday night, they played the Timberwolves, which was an epic game. They ended up winning by two on a LeBron game winner, buzzer beater. In overtime, 140 to 138, LeBron ended up having 37 points, 15 assists, 10 rebounds. Him and Jimmy Butler battled pretty much the whole game. Give my props to Jimmy Butler because not only was he doing it on the offensive side, but he turned around and guarded LeBron the whole game. And, I mean, that was a that was a fantastic game. But um, I didn't like seeing LeBron hit the game winner, but right. i got to give him his props. Do you think that Jimmy Butler willingly chose to guard LeBron so he could prove that he's the alpha before Derrick Rose gets there? Let's, let's be honest. There's going to be an alpha battle. No, there's not. Derrick Rose because, is coming in there with bum knees. Yeah, He's but not... Derrick Rose was the alpha in Chicago for like I mean we, then, for like two years while Jimmy Butler was there. Jimmy, then Butler, Jimmy Butler was, took over, and Jimmy Butler was the beta. I don't know. And then Derrick Rose just showed how much more alpha he was that whole time. Anyways, my other two goats have to do with the Olympics. They started on Thursday. Opening ceremonies were tonight, actually. Um, one of mine is this guy. His name is Pita. He is the flag bearer from Tonga. Um, he was also there. Sure, he's not from the Hunger Games. Pretty sure. His um, he was also the flag bearer during the 2016 Rio Olympics. Okay. Um, he's gone viral because he carried the flag shirtless at the Rio Olympics, and he also did it. At the at these Winter Olympics in like negative eight degrees Fahrenheit weather. Good for him. Like that dude, yeah. He was super pumped because let's he be honest. Can you even name where Tonga's at? Nope. Somewhere I, I don't think anybody can. Nope. No, no idea. It literally sounds like an island nation. He did Taekwondo in the Rio Olympics and he's a cross country skier in these Olympics. So Oh, very diverse. Ooh. Yeah. Two sport athlete. Yeah. You All know. right. I'm gonna throw out two names to you. Let me see if you know who they are. Okay. Ginny Perret and Martin Rios. Um, figure skaters. No. No, I don't talk about figure skating very much. Um, well, let's be honest. You like tennis, so I just figured figure skating was one of your other favorite sports. Nope. It's curling. Good try, though. You're oh, close. Oh, gosh. These oh, is this are, is this the men's women's curling division? Yep. Is that this what you're is, talk this about? is the mixed the mixed doubles oh, curling. Oh, gosh. Um, they are from Switzerland. They played. They played the U.S. the other uh, the other night. The Becca and I can't remember her is brother's it, name. Is it really playing? You know how like sometimes like it's competing, no. other times it's playing. They're like what playing. is it for curling? Is it like sliding? Don't know. They like slid. Don't know. But maybe you should tune in to find out. 
Um, anyways, they beat uh, the U.S. in what was ended up being a perfect game. It's called a six-ender. Um, basically, the equivalent to getting a hole-in-one on the golf course or pitching the perfect game in baseball. I would pay to watch you try to explain what that is. Okay, so listen. I'm going to try my best. All right. In a you norm- have no idea how curling works, do no, you? In a normal curl, All right, I had to roll up my sleeves for this one. In a normal curling game, there are four people. You, in these mixed do you doubles, want me to there's turn down two. the radio as well so you can focus like yeah. everybody does in the car? Yes. Okay. So there are four people. And in a mixed doubles, there's two. So there's like that little thing where you got to get all the, the things in. You know, there's oh, where you have to get usually, all the stones in. Yes, the stones into the there's, into the circle. You have like ten places to get them in, but in the mixed doubles, okay. you only have eight. So to get no. In the in the four, you have eight, and then in the mixed doubles, you have six. So basically, to get a six ender, you get all six of your stones in there without having the other teams in, and that's how you get a six ender. But it's very rare and rarely ever happens. So the U.S. had a couple of their stones in, but the Swiss curlers knocked them out and put their own stones there. And they ended up with all six stones in there, which called a six-ender. And I guarantee you the Americans just, like, went up and whispered to the Swiss afterwards. No, they're actually, like, being... Bad lesson of war. They're actually being, like, bad mouths because curling is a lot like, I guess, tennis or golf where... Um, oh, it's a gentleman's game. It's a gentleman's game. Yes, oh, where where terrible. appearance and, and tempers are supposed worse. to be kept under control, and the U.S. curlers, their brother and sister, were like banging their brooms on the ice, like in frustration, and everybody's in outrage I love against it. it. I love it. They're I lost. love that America never ceases to show their dominance. You mean their temper tantrums? It was still an alpha move. No. They were letting them know that if they really wanted to throw down, we were going to win. Like, fight us. Like, it's kind of one of those things when, like, you're in high school and let's just say, like, your girls' volleyball team's, like, really good. Mm-hmm. And you go and smash, like, your arch rivals in volleyball. And okay. then they start chanting afterwards, play some football. And you know good and well that your football team sucks. Like, that's what it's like. Because they just would have looked at and be like, look, like, fight us in a war. Uh, you lost me. Do? I, st- I don't watch volleyball, so you lost me a long time ago. <sighs> it's because you didn't go to a real high school. Yeah, I went to the same one you did. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so my go of the week, I only have one. I'll okay. make it easy. I honestly went away from sports like I typically do, mm-hmm. just because, hey, what's the point? We're, we're going to spend the rest of the podcast talking about sports. Because sports is the greatest thing to talk about. It is, unless you're Elon Musk. Okay. Then you're so flipping rich. Elon Musk is the owner of Tesla. He's also like probably one of the smartest men in the entire world. But Elon Musk Congrats, is so no, he okay. is so rich right now that he sent his Tesla Roadster into space. He was just like, "Hey, I need a test dummy for my uh, my space program that I single handedly have built myself called SpaceX." And he's like, "I need a dummy," so he just threw his Tesla Roadster in there with a dummy in it. And like send it off in space because they just needed a test run. I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to be honest with me. Go ahead. What is a Tesla? Is that a brand of a car? It is a car brand. Okay. It's an electric car. 
It's, it's environmentally friendly. This yeah. is why you drive a Jetta. Yeah, I don't care about that. That's stupid. It's okay, you drive a girl's car. Okay. This is what I expect to see spring breakers drive in. Jettas. Yeah, that means I'm having a lot of freaking fun, Chad. Like a teenage girl. Yeah. Good That's the you. only way to live your life. If you're not living your life like a teenage girl, then you're not living at all. Just sipping on purple schnapps all day. No, that stuff's too sweet. <laughs> all right, I'm going to go with my Darkos. I've got two Darkos this week. Um, one is that doubleheader of the Cavs-Timberwolves uh, game the other night. Sun Spurs. I babbled through the West Coast and stayed up till about 1 o'clock. I regret it because I had to go to work the next day. Especially if you stayed up and watched this game. Yeah. Like, why would you even stay up? I was intrigued. Honestly, at halftime, this what the Suns only had like thirty points. Yeah, the half. score was like the score was like ninety one or no, it was like in the eighties to like thirty eight. It was or like eighty six like to thirty eight. Yeah, something. at one like point it was like one hundred five to fifty one. That's nice. Good job. Yeah. So the the Suns ended up losing one hundred twenty nine to eighty one to the Spurs. Um, on prime time, uh, it was their greatest loss in franchise history, but they didn't have Devin Booker. He's hurt. So, still, really bad so loss. So, literally, really the entire Suns team is hurt. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. Good yep. job, Devin Booker. Maybe you should uh, try to take care of yourself from now on instead of you know being selfish and choosing not to play. I think he's okay with not Oh, I'm sorry. Myself. I'm just trying to mimic what Isaiah Thomas would say if he was on the Suns. <laughs> Other one is the All-Star Reserves add-ins. So with Kristaps Porzingis getting hurt, um, who else got hurt? Everybody's getting hurt. Uh, pretty, Dra- no, pretty much just everybody on Team LeBron is getting hurt. Yeah. The, I don't think anybody on Team Steph has gotten hurt. So uh-huh. KD's next. KD, uh, you got to make it safe through the rest of this week. He's going to mm. snap his tibia this week. It's like I can feel it coming. It always looks like he's going to snap his tibia. Let's just be honest. People just don't want to play with LeBron that no. bad. Yeah. They're just like, look, dude, like, no, I'm good. We saw what happened to Isaiah. I'm I'm out. One of the top people that I would have thought would have been add-in, though, for the, this game would have been Ben Simmons because as a rookie, I mean, he's averaging close to a double-double and, he, and close oh, yeah. to a triple-double as well. Whoa. I mean, he's playing really well. But instead, they put in Goran Dragic. Which why would anybody want to see Goran Dragic in a right. All Star setting? Kimba Walker's in there, which I I like because Kimba I Walker, love Kimba Walker. But Kimba Walker is deserving of it. Yes. Uh, Dragic, on the other hand, no. not. Ben Simmons is way above Dragic. Dragic. And really, if you think about He's it, they're basically Sim- playing the same position because yeah. Ben Simmons is basically the 76ers point guard. Yeah, he is. Because I was watching uh, them play. Uh, remember who they're playing the other night but yeah he was their starting point guard they didn't even start tj mcconnell it was him at the one and jj reddick at the two yeah so to me yeah so if i'm ben simmons i'm i'm tearing it up next year yeah i'm tearing it up now wait he is tearing it up now i mean he already is and i don't and i don't think he's going to get a whole lot more out of himself this year but next year when he gets to put the work in the off season he, I have no doubt he's going to improve his shot yeah. by, like, leaps and bounds of what it is right now. He's going to start knocking down threes next year, left and right, and people aren't going to know what to do. Mm, highly doubt that. Hey, We'll see, though. He's he's pissed now. Yeah, Let's just but... see what his work ethic is when he's mad. We'll see. Okay. Because, I mean, to get snubbed, that's a pretty big deal for a guy that's averaging a double-double almost. Yeah. Um, My dark of the week is the Indianapolis Colts oh, yeah, because they somehow... Since 
Peyton Manning has left have managed to screw up everything good that they've ever had. Let's be honest. The, they've screwed up Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. Andrew Luck doesn't even know if he can play football anymore. No. Let's be honest. Like At this point, Andrew Luck is just like, my shoulder's broken. Like yeah. I don't know what to do anymore. Um, so the Indianapolis Colts decided to hire Josh McDaniels, who is the offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots. Good hire. It is a great hire. Josh McDaniels is a great coach. Um, coincidentally, he actually got fired from the Broncos because of Peyton Manning, but that's neither here nor there. So Josh McDaniels was like eh, kind of like a handshake deal of, yeah, I'll come and uh, um, I'll be introduced like later on um, the next day. And then uh, I guess he calls uh, the Indianapolis Colts like first thing the next morning. He's like, oh, I changed my mind. The Patriots are going to offer me more money, so I'm going to go be their offense coordinator again. He's basically just going to be in waiting to be the – Patriots head coach because oh he has to there has there has to be some there. under the table agreement that Josh McDaniels will be the next head coach yeah and Belichick's gonna be stepping down the next couple of seasons um, I believe honestly in this, my personal opinions whenever they win another Super Bowl Brady's gonna leave mm-hmm. and uh, Belichick's gonna leave yeah this is uh, great for the Colts Patriots rivalry hasn't been really lit uh, sparked for a couple of seasons because the Colts suck. But um, I think this is a great little segue into what what could be for years to come if, if Colts can get good again. Um, you mean if Andrew Luck can ever play again? Yeah, pretty much. Andrew Luck, this is your chance. Get out of your own head. Not going to happen. No. No. That's what you get for going to Stanford, being way too smart. Yeah. You should just retire and open up a law firm. It's just way too easy. Actually, he's an architect. He's an architect? My understanding was he uh, went and got his degree in engineering, so he's probably going to, like, draw buildings or something. I assume that's what engineers do. Not really sure. He could build the Colts a new stadium. Oh, wait, Peyton Manning already did that. Or maybe he could be the architect for building them a new program. No. No, no, no. No. (laughs) All right, so uh, our next thing that we're going to talk about is uh, our jacking it from half-court segment. Now, uh, NBA trade trade deadline has came, and it's gone. Yep. And honestly, it is one of the better trade deadlines I think we've seen the past couple years. For sure. Um, Like Jordan had mentioned earlier, the Cavs literally had dumped their entire roster. Yeah, Isaiah Thomas is gone. um, Chaney Fry is gone. Jay Crowder's gone. Derek Rose is gone. Anybody who was sitting on the bench for Dwayne Wade is is gone. gone. Yeah. Ron Shumpert's gone. Isaiah Thomas and Chaney Fry. No, Channing Fry's gone. I know, but Channing Fry was like a starter, and so was Isaiah Thomas. Channing Fry was no starter, my friend. He was not? No. Oh, I just assumed <laughs> Chaney he Chaney Fry wasn't getting any minutes at all. I just assumed I think he, he had gone like 0 for 6 in the entire season. Nice. Yeah. So. But to me, it's kind of like that opening scene of, uh, have you ever seen the movie Kill Bill? Nope. All right, well, they're standing in a church, and the whole premise behind Kill Bill is uh, pretty much everybody, everybody just dies. Okay. So uh, they're standing in this church, and literally everybody is dead except for this one lady who's been left barely alive. And I feel like the lady that's been barely left alive is Kevin Love. He's like, he knows he's on the hot seat now. Yeah. He knows that he's the next dude who's going to get traded. Yeah. And, I mean, that could be a good thing or a bad thing for Kevin Love. True. So basically what happened is Isaiah Thomas and um, Channing Fry went to the Lakers with Cleveland's first round pick, not the Brooklyn pick, but their first round pick. Um, and they brought over Larry Nance Jr. 
who will be good in about two years. Jordan Clarkson, who is who is good now. now. Yeah. Um, so then they took Derrick Rose and Jay Crowder and sent them to uh, Utah. Utah mm-hmm. waived Derrick Rose, and they sent Iman Shumpert to the Kings, and in return they got George Hill. Right. Yes. And Rodney Hood. And Rodney Hood, correct. I almost forgot that. Um, and then they, they took Dwayne Wade, and they sent him back to Miami for um, a 2024 second-round pick. Um, so, really, in my opinion, Cavs got younger. They got more athletic. They got better on defense. And I think it, this shows you that they're pretty much – they're going to go small ball. They're going to play what Golden State plays. Now, these they're, they're, these aren't the caliber of shooters that Golden State has, but they're going to try and speed up the game. They're going right. to run with Golden State. They're going to defend with Golden State. I think I think it's a great move on Cleveland's part. What they did is they brought in pieces that they can grow with, but also they, they brought in pieces just in case LeBron leaves, that they're young enough to be good. But it's also players that LeBron can win with now. Right. Um, you have here that they're locked to win the Eastern Conference. I, well, jacking I, it from half court is basically we're jacking it from half court. Right, so, so we're just jacking up our ideas. Yeah, our ideas, so I'm glad you have I, I like that you think that they're going to win the Eastern Conference Finals. However, I don't think this team can gel in two months. We're talking in two months' time, they will be probably in the end of the first round of the playoffs. And you're expecting all of these guys to have gelled by that point because by the time that they play Boston, if they're not gelled, they will get blown out. I don't think that. Um, Boston is young, very young. And they're, they were playing really good defense. They haven't played as great of defense as of late. But they're just, they're, I mean, they're young. So I think that the Cavs, I don't think they're going to gel. Nobody's going to gel in two months' time. But the Eastern Conference is still very weak. I don't think everybody realizes just how weak the East is. And, I, yeah, I do think that now they're a lock to win the East. They're going to be in the finals again, easily. Well, they're going to be in the finals either way. Even with the team that they had, I still think they were going to be in the finals. No, I with that team, I would have thought that the Celtics would beat them. Well, if Isaiah Thomas would have stepped it up, I mean, no. You also have a dude who is not, who can't play defense to save his life, but he was only thirty percent from the floor. J.R. Smith? No, that was Isaiah Thomas. I know. I was just joking. Let's be, don't don't ever dis, don't ever shame J.R. Smith like that. Honestly, that was more like a Mont Shumpert numbers. What uh what what intrigued me was what the Lakers did as well, giving up two key young pieces that they've had to get Isaiah Thomas, who has kind of been a cancer in the locker room the last few weeks oh yeah and they're bringing him out to la and basically telling him you're our guy lead our guys and right because uh they're giving isaiah thomas the kobe treatment not 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 to the extent of kobe yet so he has a green light just to shoot whenever he wants very much so well i like the idea of isaiah thomas going to the lakers because honestly he was never going to fit in with the cavaliers because the cavaliers are already a they already have the guys there that are the alphas. Yeah. You have LeBron. Let's be honest. Nobody talks over LeBron. No. Isaiah Thomas coming from Boston just assumed that he could talk over LeBron because that's what he did in Boston. It's like, 
No, Isaiah, you you actually have to respect that you're the shortest dude out here, so mm-hmm. you need to go sit down and not talk. Whereas when he goes to the Lakers, they they don't have a veteran that can right. really talk. I mean, you have Luol Deng. Brooke Lopez. You have Brooke Lopez and Luol Deng. But Luol Deng doesn't even really play for him. Right. Because they're, yeah. Yeah. But they, they really just don't have that veteran leadership. Yeah. And But having a guy like Brooke Lopez makes it easier for Isaiah Thomas to just jack up shots whenever he wants to, though, because you have a rebounding machine. But with Isaiah Thomas going there, he's in his seventh year, and the Lakers have such a young core, they're setting him up for some championship runs. Um, I th- honestly think they're setting Isaiah up to free cap space. I don't think they're going to keep him. You know? I think he'll be gone by the end of next season. Eh, probably. Yeah, probably. We'll Either. Did, I, you see, did you see Cheney and Fry's departure video? I did not. Yeah, so basically he he's cry? like, no, he's basically like up in the up in the locker room. He's like, you know, thank you to the Cavs fan and stuff like that. You know, I'm really excited to go play in L.A., such a historic, you know, franchise, and they've got such a young, good team. And he's like, well, you know, a word of caution to everybody. If you go 0 for 6, they're going to trade you. And then it, it like cut off before he, he cussed or whatever. But they're like, they're going to trade. It was, it was pretty funny. I thought it was hilarious. Oh, yeah. I mean, Chain Fry's right, though. Yeah. They're going to get traded. Yeah. I mean, and this also leads into one of my thoughts, though. Um, the Isaiah Thomas trade makes total sense because, let's be honest. Now, let's theoretically think that LeBron is not the GM of the Cavs. Mm, that's a really hard world It's to a think really about. hard world to Is this a Marvel think. movie? It is a Marvel movie. Oh, okay. So, imagine that, because we already know Isaiah Thomas and LeBron don't, don't get along. There's obviously something there. Right. So trading him to the Lakers now sets it up to where at least LeBron won't leave and go to the Lakers. Or like you said, they were freeing up cap space, so they're going to get rid of Isaiah Thomas a year early this year. So then they can pick up LeBron and Paul George. Yeah. That makes sense too. Yep. But if Isaiah Thomas stays, you've just guaranteed yourself that. LeBron's LeBron's going to go to the Clippers just so that he can face them four times a year and beat the crap out of them. Oh, probably. Yeah. They'll probably be... Or he'll go to the Warriors. Or he'll just go to the Warriors. Right. He'll take the league minimum and uh, go to the Warriors. Yeah. No, he can get a maximum if he goes to the Warriors. If he takes the league maximum and goes to the Warriors, I'm... I I, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even know. There's there's no reason to watch basketball anymore. That's another Marvel movie. All right. So next weekend, we got the All-Star Weekend um, dunk contest. Uh, participants Victor Oladipo from the Pacers Larry Nance Jr. from the Cavs Dennis Smith oh and Larry Nance Jr. going to the Cavs that's where his dad played right that is where his dad played has his number retired Larry Nance is also the first dude to ever win an NBA uh, dunk contest okay so Larry Nance Jr. you are the favorite next weekend bring out and just, just wear your dad's jersey don't even wear your jersey you don't have a jersey yet so we're just wear your dad's jersey. But Victor Oladipo, Larry Nance Jr., Dennis Smith Jr. from the Mavericks, Donovan Mitchell from the Jazz. Two rookies, a third uh third year player, and Victor Oladipo. Who do you got? Um, after watching some of the highlight reels of some of these guys, um as a guy that's a magic fan, I just don't want Victor Oladipo to win. Okay. I just I wish that Oladipo would have stayed in Orlando. Okay. I know some of it was uh, probably not his choice. But um, 
He's been having now that he's gone, he's probably really happy. Yeah, I don't blame him necessarily, but I'm still angry. Okay. Um, Victor Oladipo has had some nasty in-game dunks, doing some 360s and stuff. That's pretty nice. Um, I don't think he'll win it. I think that he will end up in the final round against Dennis Smith Jr. Okay. I think that those are going to be the two that end up competing, and Dennis Smith Jr. is going to win. Um, a lot of people think Larry Nance Jr. I'm just I'm not. Not impressed with Larry Nance Jr. It's just literally just him just one arm power dunking. Like it's that's more all than what his, you can do. Don't, uh, so, don't try me on an eight foot rim. Try me on an eight foot rim. See what happens. I was twelve years I'll old. I'll meet you at the rim. I was twelve years old dunking on stinking eighteen year olds on an eight inch rim. So okay. bring it. I also saw the school you went to. That's still not impressive. Uh, that was when I played city league. So suck it. Again, I know where you grew up. It's still not impressive. Um, anyways, I, uh, I've got Dennis Smith Jr. in the final as well, but I think he'll be going up against Donovan Mitchell. I think Donovan Mitchell was a great add-in to the, the, the dunk contest. They both are rookies, very athletic. I, like you, I have Dennis Smith Jr. winning, though. He, he's incredible, the way, what he can do dunking. He, we haven't really... I, I'm just excited to see everybody's creativity. I think Victor Oladipo will have the most creativity out of all of them. And that's one of the things that I think that we've missed outside of the Aaron Gordon. Aaron year. Gordon and Levine. The Aaron the Gordon year. Levine one was probably the one of the best dunk contests Ever. of all time. And the Levine one before that was really good too. It was really he, good. He did good. But I'm looking for like the guy's jersey that I'm wearing, Vince Carter. Okay. I'm looking for a Vince Carter esque. Slam dunk contest. Like, don't I want all the tricks pulled out of it. Yeah, I don't think you'll find it here. I want to see something I've never seen before. I don't know what there's left to see, but I just want to see something I've never seen before. I can't wait. I can't wait. All right, so there's before the dunk contest, there's going to be the three-point contest. Um, you got reigning three-point champion Eric Gordon from the Rockets, Clay Thompson, Bradley Beal, Paul George, Paul, Paul George, Kyle Lowry, Devin Booker, Wayne Ellington, who I'm excited about, and Tobias Harris, who I'm confused. I'm about. concerned. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think this is pretty much a wrap. Uh, I don't see anyone beating Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon can shoot, and oh, I yeah. think it'll be Eric Gordon and Clay Thompson as the top two, but nobody else is going to come close. Yeah, um, I'm not really liking who they selected for this at I, all. I, I like it except for Tobias Harris. The Tobias Harris one's terrible. Tobias Harris is a um, mid-range shooter at best. But, uh, I mean, um, I, Wayne Ellington's a good shooter. True. Uh, Paul George, though, I've never really thought of Paul George as a as a high-level three-point shooter. He only hit six last night, so. Um, I don't really think of Kyle Lowry as a high-level three-point shooter as no. well. Um, Bradley Beal can shoot three-pointers. Um, I think he's kind of streaky when it comes to that. Um, I honestly won't be surprised, though, if we see Devin Booker maybe pull it out. See, uh... He's still, he's still hurt, If though. he's still hurt, though. But if he comes back healthy, I would not be surprised if we see Devin Booker in there. Yeah. Up at the top. Um, the next one that we have is the Skills Challenge. Which, now... I'm gonna be honest with you, never watch the Skills Challenge. You've never watched the Skills Challenge? I hate it. The skills challenge to me is a super fun event to watch. Yeah, I think it's dumb. It's, they made it more fun when they started adding the big guys to it. Mm. Because that's when it was like, oh, these guys can actually do some of this stuff. Um, they, this year, they have Spencer Dinwiddie from the Nets. 
They also have Joel Embiid from the 76ers, Al Horford from the Celtics, Lori Markin from the Bulls. Markinen. Barkin Markinen. Markinen. Sounded Markinen. out. I'm I'm not European. I've never professed to be European. Neither is Lori Markinen. He's from Arizona. Why would his parents name him Lori? That's all I want to know. No, he's actually from Europe. He just went to college at Arizona. Yeah, I figured as much. Um, Buddy Heald from the Kings. Uh, Jamal Murray from the Nuggets. Uh, Christoph Przingis was supposed to be in it, but due to his injury, he will not. Um, Andre Drummond from the Pistons. And Lou Williams from the Clippers. Uh, I want to see Joel Embiid, and that's it. After, that's all you want to see, or that's what you think it's going to win? Both. That's all okay. I want to see. I think he'll win just off of his personality. Right. He's going to send out some fire tweets, and then yep. that's how he's going to get it. My favorite thing that they do at the All-Star Weekend, or I don't even know if they still do it, but it's when they have, like, they pick the cities, and they have a current player, a Hall of Famer, and someone from the WNBA, and they do the shooting challenge. I always enjoyed that. I did enjoy that. Do, I they, don't know. do they still I do that don't anymore? Know. I don't think I they do that anymore. I haven't seen the last couple years. Um, then, of course, you got the Celebrity All-Star Game, which, honestly, is one of those things that's kind of hit or miss, too. Just depends and on what celebrities are in it. It was really cool when they started it. It's become extremely... It's become the Kevin Hart show. Well, Kevin Hart's not in it anymore. Thank the Lord. Yeah. Because um, it was literally... It was dumb when he the was... The Kevin Hart show. Yeah. I, there was no other thing that summed it up. Yeah, Kevin Hart extended his welcome. Um, now... I mean, there's really. I was looking at the other day, Jamie Foxx is going to play. So Tracy McGrady is going to play. The original Kevin Kevin Hart is playing, which yeah. is Jamie Foxx. I mean, I don't. I didn't. Nothing really stood out to me. I'm. I'm yeah. Like, I'll watch that. Tracy's playing, but honestly, like, do you want to watch a former NBA player with a broken back? No. Like, why don't you throw Larry Bird out there too? Larry Bird will light it up. Larry Bird would light it up, and every he would let everybody know about it too. Yeah. Like, could you see him? Like, imagine if they have that, like, some like twelve year old playing in it, like when they had Justin Bieber play in it, and you've got Larry Bird who's six nine, just talking mad junk to like some dude like Justin Bieber. I I would buy a ticket and go. It would be like the ultimate, like, shove to the millennials. Yeah. Is like what that would be. Yeah. Um, that's going to be our basketball talk for today. Um, we don't really have much else to add to it. There's not a whole lot going on in college basketball um, outside of the Duke-North Carolina game. I mean, there's, there is there is. There's just not a whole lot it's, of storyline. We've now hit the I mean, lull in, that, in the season. Not Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're the middle conference. You're, no. you're fighting out for the right before the tournament starts. Tournament picks up and conference tournaments start in a couple weeks. Right. That's when the news will start picking back yeah, up again. Be very fun. Um, especially if a one Michael Porter Jr. returns to Missouri. I saw that. Um, he if he could returns be up. soon, we could see a massive amount of storylines coming out of the SEC. Missouri will be going to the Final Four. You heard it here first. That's a bold prediction, Cotton. No, they're definitely. I mean, if Michael Porter Jr. comes oh, yeah, back, Michael Porter Jr. comes they're back, they're making they're a deep run. Oh, I'll especially agree. especially if they get seated as like a. And you know a seven seed or, or something like that, and they get a pretty easy schedule to get well, in there. If Michael Porter Jr. comes back soon, if they win the SEC championship, then we're talking they could go up to a number two in my mind. No. Oh yeah. Maybe a three or four. 
I don't think a two. I think they could go up to a two, and depending on when so, Michael, depending on when he comes back. Okay. But speaking of college sports, though, okay, we just had National Signing Day. Oh, and it was glorious. It, it was, was a glorious day, amazing day. Um, for some fan bases, National Signing Day is probably a terror. Um, for those people, Looking I say you, Vanderbilt. I say maybe you should get out of the SEC. Yeah. And, you know, maybe try, like, the Big Ten mm-hmm. or the ACC. But uh, for the SEC, though, they had a strong showing. Um, you had Georgia at number one. Congratulations, sure did. Go dogs. Um, you also had Auburn, who on most sites was a top ten. Um, you have Alabama, who's always a top ten. Alabama was number six. Um, you have a um, – you had Auburn. Then you had, I believe, Florida was next. It was um, – Who ranked on most mm, sites as 14. 14. Um, Auburn was ranking at number 9 or 10, depending on which website you went to. Um, then right after Florida, most websites had uh, LSU. LSU projected. And then Texas A&M right underneath them. Yep. So it was a good recruiting class for the SEC, which is what me and Jordan love, unfortunately. I don't really care about the SEC. I just like, I don't. I, don't. I love the SEC. Just Georgia. That's it. I just love the SEC in general. Everybody else can. I love the South. Go screw themselves. It's just not about that life. No, I just care it's about okay. Georgia. Why would I cheer for my opponents? That's stupid. I don't because like it's that. about the conference. I don't care about the conference. So I just care about the Georgia. Conference. If Georgia's not playing, I do not care. If Florida is playing against a Big Ten team, I'm cheering for that Big Ten team. But wouldn't you? Why rather, would I cheer for my? But wouldn't you rival? rather want to know that somebody in your own conference won versus somebody else in another conference? Let me speak clearly. No. No, I wouldn't. I don't well, care. this is why you guys lost the national title. Okay. I mean, I don't... I don't you don't care. care about the conference? No, don't give a crap. So sad. Literally don't give a crap. But with that being <laughs> said, um, you also had Clemson, who had a pretty high showing. Clemson was number five. Georgia was number one. And then you had Ohio State at number two. Which um, was te- absolutely flipping ridiculous. Texas at number three. Penn State at number four. Clemson at number five. The disparity, the, the points, I believe, on... One site, I don't know if it was 24-7 or if it was Rivals, but the amount of points between Georgia and Texas at 1-3 and three was, the same, was the same difference between Texas and Texas A&M, or no, Texas and UCLA at 3-16. and 16. So Georgia That's and Ohio it. State had separated themselves quite a bit. And then, uh, and the, you know, Texas, I mean, though, had a really good class for their first class under Tom Herman. I mean, that's that's something to watch out for for the next few years. Miami dropped from four to eight, I believe. Getting Tyson Campbell kind of sucked for them. Because <laughs> well, he went to Georgia. Um, the sad part for Miami at one point during They National thought they Simon were getting Day. like Tyson Campbell and Patrick Sertain, and they oh, got gosh. neither. Um, for those people that believed Patrick Sertain was honestly going to go to the University of Miami, you are sorely mistaken. Yeah, sorely mistaken. And just want to, you know, quick shout out to our friend T Mac. Yo, T Mac. Um, tell Mark Richt I said thank you for Tyson Campbell. Thanks, Mark. Still Appreciate blowing. It. Still blowing leads. Yeah. Still blowing leads to yeah. this day. Absolutely. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, Georgia. Georgia picked up Tyson Campbell. That got that kind of flip from from Miami. Quay Walker flipped from Alabama to Georgia. Otis Reese flipped from. Uh, Michigan to Georgia, and then picked up. Uh, uh, who else did we get? That oh, Tommy Bush. He was supposed to go right. to to Baylor. Texas made a big late push for him. 
He's out of Texas. Thought the guy was going to stay home. 6'5 receiver, something Georgia sorely needs. And Georgia got him. Don't know how Kirby's doing it. Um, Probably illegal things. Well, if he is, keep doing it and don't get caught. Don't care. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Georgia Georgia ended up well. Florida got their man in Jacob Copeland in a very dramatic um in very dramatic fashion, for yeah, sure. Yeah, for um, sure. Jacob Copeland's mom almost hit him live on television. Yeah, I mean, we his went... whole family is wearing Tennessee and Alabama gear. Oh, yeah. So it was um, very clear they did not want him to go to Florida. Oh, no. I mean, the mom was wearing a... His mom was wearing a Tennessee hat, more like a beanie, but a Tennessee um, up top, and then she was wearing an Alabama jersey. Um, to me though, the, the Florida recruiting class was very impressive because at one point in time when Jim McWayne had left, um, the recruiting class dropped all the way down to 35 Yeah, and they had since bounced all the way back up to around number 14, depending on what sites you look at. Um, some other people that were pretty impressive to me, the teams that lost coaches Mm -hmm. and were still able to bounce back is what most Florida state did too. Um, Florida state, Florida, Oregon and Texas A&M were all in the top 20. And Florida also, Florida state also dropped down to 30 as well. And then when they got Willie Taggart, they jumped back up. They ended up at 11 and poor Oregon because they were up so high to begin. Yeah. And then they fell so far because of the leaving, um, even Tennessee bouncing up to be in number 20 after getting some yeah. new. That's bouncing higher than Jim Harbaugh yeah. at number 21 for Michigan. And I mean, 24 seven sports. We talked about, we've talked about Ed Orgeron or, or a lot um, at LSU as mm-hmm. a recruiting guru. How much longer is LSU going to let him keep getting number 15 classes? Because LSU shouldn't be. They should be um, in the top five every year. They should be in the top five every year. What I think is going to boil down for LSU, and it's been my theory for every single LSU head coach for as long as I can remember, is you need a quarterback. And that is the one area that LSU, no matter who the coach is, will always struggle at. And it, it baffles me every single time because even though the state of Louisiana maybe as a whole is not a great recruiting area. Texas but, right there. But the city of New Orleans is so good at producing top-tier athletes, and then you also can pull from Texas. And because you can look at them and say, hey, we're going to play the University of Florida every single year, you can pull in the other idea of, hey, the Florida kids can possibly come over as yeah. well. Um, but they keep signing. The, it just makes zero sense to me that they keep res- signing these top-tier wide receivers and then nobody. And then to you look at who they've signed. They did not sign a single quarterback this year. No, they did not sign a single quarterback in this class. Wow. Um, they, I, it's just one of those things that is mind-boggling to me. I don't know how how much longer Ed Orgeron is going to get get to stay there though with that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, probably I mean, he, not not much longer. Um, I love Ed Orgeron. I think he is a a football coach's football coach. Yeah. But yeah, he just you can't keep up, especially when you're having to keep up in the same conference with guys like um, Kirby as well as Nick Saban. And honestly, the way it's looking, you're gonna have to compete now with Dan Mullen. Um, you're gonna also have to compete with um, whoever's at Auburn. You don't you don't know who's at Auburn. I know it's Gus Malzahn. Okay, let's be honest, Gus Malzahn, and then um, what's his face before him? Gene Chizik. 
kind of look like the same person they to do. Me, so I, I saw Gene I don't Shizik ever know which one's which. Gene Shizik was interviewing Kirby Smart on on ESPN. And I was mm-hmm. like, wait, wait. I'm so I confused. Don't, I thought I don't you were coaching think, right now. Yeah, I don't think you guys should be talking as the off season. Like, yeah, you should shave, save your handshakes for for back in November. But like for uh, Coach O, the worst though that he got is the fact that Jimbo Fisher is now at Texas A&M. Oh yeah, Jimbo Fisher is about to tear because it up there. Jimbo is gunning for that LSU job. No, no, oh, no, no, I no, think no. he, I think he seriously is. No, Jimbo, Jimbo's at his alma mater. He's at Texas A&M. They've got Texas A&M is his alma mater. Yes. Oh, okay, that makes sense now. Yeah, home state alma mater. For some odd reason, I was thinking LSU is his alma mater. No, 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 no. He, he is. He's Texas A&M. Texas A&M has the best facilities. I mean, they got, they put the most money in their facilities. They just revamped their, their stadium. There's no way Jimbo leaves Texas A&M. Unless he's forced to leave, no way. There's not another. It's kind of like a Mark Rick deal at the University of Miami, except for I think Jimbo's a better coach. Yeah, and a better recruiter. Yeah, and just an all-around better person, probably. Probably not that. Not really. No, Jimbo Fisher probably is not a better person. No. Um, but no, I I think though the shakeup this year in these classes is really going to show potentially what we could see because we've seen so many coaches leave top tier programs mm-hmm. in the past year that honestly, I don't think a lot of us know what to expect next year outside of that. Of course, Auburn, or of course, Alabama, Auburn, Georgia is going to be good. You're going to have Oklahoma be good. You're somehow going to have Notre Dame in there and the talks you're going to have Clemson Clemson's and Miami be up there. USC is going to be up there as the overrated pac 12 team. Um, the, you can have UCLA giving a push with Chip Kelly coming over there. Yep, And you're going to have Ohio state and Penn state battle it out. Mm-hmm. Um, Even Michigan I, I throw Michigan in there with uh, what's his name. Oh, now that they've got their quarterback quarterback in Shea Patterson. Yep. And then wait a second, wait a second. Are we looking two years ahead? Are we looking two years ahead in the pac 12 pac 12 after dark? Little Washington action, little Jacob Eason oh, hair flowing. I'm excited. We're going to Seattle in two years. Who is I've, Jacob Eason going to throw to? That is a question. They signed a top tier uh, wide receiver in this class, actually. Okay, they did. Yep. But um, sure did. I just I think it's going to be um, an entering interesting class to look back yeah. on for a lot of these programs, especially like the like Georgia where. This is probably the highest recruiting class they've ever had. Yeah, this is definitely. I mean, I was. This is the highest recruiting class we've ever had. We have nine five stars, which is the most ever by any school ever. Uh, according That's to twenty four seven sports, you only have seven five stars. According to rivals in ESPN, we have nine. Okay. So. Um, so I'm going with twenty four seven sports. I'm going with ESPN and rivals. Um, highest points total as, as a recruiting class ever, even higher than the Alabama class. I believe it was last year that broke that record as well um but i mean i mean uh, top to bottom we're just filling every position and getting extremely deep last year we had the number three class and the year before that we had the number five class so three straight top five classes um just really i will say though texas is going to be scary in about three years oh yeah because now tom herman has shown that he can recruit. I think the question was with him last year was, can he recruit at Texas? Answer, yes. And he has checked that box for sure. Yeah, he's not going to end up at USF. We'll just put it that way. Right. Um, I just, I can't wait for college football to be back. I can't just wait for football to be back in general. 
Honestly, um, there, there's are you part going of me to the, are you going to the going to a spring game? Yes. Oh, okay. I've never considered going to a spring game before. I'm going to this, but game. I honestly just kind of miss football that much. Kirby called out and said, "Hey, we want 90, 93,000 in our spring game to fill the stadium." So it's nice. I um, listened to Kirby. I put it in my headphones and I fell asleep listening to his voice. And when I woke up, I was I you know text my dad and I said, "Hey, we're going to Athens on April twenty first. Kirby sent us," and he said, "Okay." So uh, that's good. We'll be it's good. Um, Dan Mullen wants uh, the Florida faithful to pack out the house too. He actually called them out. Yeah, everybody's been called them out too. <laughs> well, everybody's been giving the Florida fans a bad rap for being too hard yeah. about their coaching. So Dan Mullen just straight up called them out. He's like, if you want to have high expectations for your coaches, um, th- this coaching staff is going to have a high expectation as you as fans. Mm. So he said that he expects the swamp to be packed out. Yeah, that's pretty much what Kirby did when he first came in too. He came in and he said. That you know, Georgia fans are a little bit too complacent, not not complacent, but hard hard on the coaching like right. they were on on Mark Rick. He asked for ninety three thousand, actually got ninety four thousand his first spring game last year. I think they totaled around like seventy five thousand. And when he came out this a couple weeks ago after National Signing Day, he was ticked about it and said he was super super ticked off that only seventy five thousand showed up and he expected ninety three thousand this year. So right. you gotta like that in a coach though. You do. I think uh, high standards produce high success rates. For sure. Um, and I think that that's what we're going to see f- starting off from a couple of these newer coaches at these newer programs. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be our podcast for this week. Um, we'd like to thank everybody for listening. Um, make sure that you check us out on SoundCloud as well as iTunes, as well as we are also on Stitcher Radio. Um, those are all podcasting apps. Um, make sure that you also check us out on YouTube. Um, we're going to be putting up some videos this week. Um, we played uh, the Vancouver 2010 um, uh, Winter Olympic game. I won. Um, Jordan did win, so he uh, has now <laughs> received the pick for the next game, which you'll have to go watch the video and check that out to see which uh, game we're going to be talking about next and maybe playing a little bit. Um also, just check out our short videos that we post up on YouTube as well. Make sure that you like and comment on them. Also, make sure that uh, you uh, like and comment on our social media pages. Um, you can check us out at all the social medias at More or Less Sports. And we are out. Go dogs. Go Gators.